This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. You know, it gets to a point where you just really have to make clear, intentional decisions about putting yourself and your health and your your family and your family's happiness first. And you can love your, your work as much as possible, but I mean, it's still possible for it to be toxic. Welcome to the Portrait System Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and this show is here to help you succeed in the world of photography and business, to help you learn to become financially free doing what you love and so much more. With over 1 million downloads, countless photographers have taken what they've learned from both our episodes and from theportraitsystem.com, and they have grown their businesses, quit their day jobs, and are designing a life of their dreams. We keep it real and share stories about the ups and downs that come with running a photography business. You'll hear real-life stories of how other photographers run their business, and you'll learn actionable steps that you can take to reach your own goals. Thank you so much for being here, and let's get started. Hey guys, now is your chance to check out all of the incredible photography education we have available for you at theportraitsystem.com. For only $7, you will get access to over 1,000 videos, including pricing, posing, marketing, lighting, sales, inspiring photo shoots, self-value, and more. Yes, you'll get your first month for only $7 when you become a pro member, and you'll get access to the full download library with posing guides and workbooks and so much more. Also, this includes a pricing calculator, a studio startup timeline, our weekly live broadcasts, including Sue Bryce's live talks, access to our private members-only Facebook groups, special discounts on photography products, and so much more. Head over to theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7 to get your first month for only $7. That's theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7. This week, Kara Marie is back on the Portrait System podcast. If you don't know Kara Marie yet, she is an amazing boudoir photographer and just an all-around wonderful person to talk to. Kara Marie has shared in the past about her struggles with being a total workaholic and realizing she needed to make a change. Well, since our last episode, she moved from Austin, Texas, all the way to Italy, and she talks about how she continues to have a thriving photography business in Austin, even though she's no longer there. We also talked about the key things Kara Marie does in each photo shoot to make it a success. We chatted about her brand new photography course, which was filmed in Italy. And as always, Kara Marie gives a ton of golden nuggets throughout the interview. Okay, let's get started. Hi, Kara Marie. Welcome back to The Portrait System. Hey, Nikki. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. I'm so happy to talk to you. I think the last time we saw each other was... In Italy or WPPI? Italy, right? 
Italy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe Phoenix. I don't know. No, it yeah, was I'm in trying TPM. to think. <laughs> TPM. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That yeah, was yeah. September. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Not WPPI. I got those confused. Yes. TPM. That's right. Well, sweet. You're back in Italy now. <clears throat> I am back in Italy now. Yes. It is uh, full-blown Christmas season here. It's very interesting spending Christmas in this neck of the woods. I mean, they really do it big. Do they? <laughs> Lots of lights. And yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. Oh, that's awesome. Very cool. Well, for people who didn't listen to your first episode, that was back in October of 2020. And you hadn't moved to Italy yet. I think you were still a few months out from leaving from Austin to go to Italy. Yes, that sounds about right. I'm coming up, coming up on two years in Italy in February. So that makes sense. Yep. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, we have a lot to cover. And, you know, for people who want to just hear your your story from how you kind of became a photographer and built your business and, and grew, you know, into this really successful kind of boudoir, I know you don't love to use that necessarily, like put yourself in just one box there. It's, you know, you do such beautiful portraits. I don't want it to just be like strictly boudoir. But for people who want to hear your story, make sure to go back and listen to that episode because we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about your business now. And yeah, I'm excited. Me too. Let's do it. All right. So why don't we start with, I know there can be a huge transition, obviously obviously moving to another country, (laughs) but you know, when you have a business in one place and then you're moving to another place, you kind of have to juggle, like, am I going to regrow my business there? Am I going to fly back to where I lived? You know, and just speaking from experience, I grew my business in Seattle. And then I also had a studio in Michigan because I was going to Michigan so often because that's where I'm from. And I had studios for like seven years in both places and I would go back and forth. It got tricky. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I'm curious how your experience went. So maybe start from you know, you get to Italy and then let's kind of go from there. Yeah. Yeah. So um, when it became clear that I was going to be relocating it, um, the initial plan was, yeah, I'll just keep going back and forth. And you're right. It gets tricky. And I knew that already, um, especially when I was crossing, you know, the world, (laughs) not just a couple of states as I had done when I moved from Pennsylvania to Austin. So yeah, of course it it gets tricky and I still uh, make an effort to get back. But I also knew that when it was clear that I would be relocating, that I was going to pivot a bit. I had no intention of opening another like full-time high volume studio here. The entire purpose of my relocation was to kind of get laser focused on creating more for for me and for art and to focus on my education as well and mm-hmm. not necessarily doing eight to 10 photo shoots a week, uh, week after week, because it did get very, um, I was very blessed to be so busy and successful and I loved it so, so, so much. But what that afforded me, being able to build my business up to that that point afforded me the option to choose. And it's been wonderful Mm -hmm. to be able to be more selective and to only book one shoot a month or so here in uh, Italy. And then when I do go back to the States for teaching gigs and things like that, I can take a couple of shoots there. Now I have a wonderful team in Austin who, when I found out that we were approved and we were definitely going to be relocating. They're so talented and such hard workers and I didn't want to um, just up and leave. Um, So I continued to keep 
a newly launched business, which is in your department in personal branding. And actually we do um, commercial photography and personal branding photography. And I gave that to my girls in Austin. So I essentially just helped them launch and they're using my name and I trained them and they are able to run that leg of the business. And then I also have my associate shooter shooting, you know, Cara Marie style uh, photography. Uh, They're still in Austin too. So it's been really incredible to be able to, you know, build things up to this point where I have so much flexibility and I'm Mm -hmm. able to be really intentional and specific about what our goals are. And I'm able to extend that to the people that have been working for me um, for many years and they're incredibly talented. And I'm just really grateful to be able to share that with them. So is this more of a, almost like an associate type business, like where you are still part of it? Or have you just kind of built it up for them and kind of let go of it and now they just took it over? A little of both. So uh, my associate um, is shooting under Cara Marie Studios wings. So that's still Cara Marie Studios style images like you see on on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. But the other is uh, Cara Marie Collective, which launched right around the onset of the pandemic. And that is an entirely separate thing that actually my husband is the business and logistics manager for. I'm essentially just the creative manager. My role is minimal because the artists that I have working for that brand are so, they're just, they're incredible. They have their own style, their own, their own stick. And it has genuinely almost nothing to do with me. It's my name on it, but these girls are incredible. And I wanted to give the opportunity for more female artists and authors in Texas to have this, you know, I already had my reputation built there. It was a gift from me to them, but really it was so well-deserved that I can't even, you know, call it that. It was just a really good uh, match and a good connection. And they've been kind of running with it ever since I, you know, I, I, I'm in on the meetings, but I am slightly embarrassed, embarrassed to say, I don't, I don't do much. <laughs> I don't have to. They're just incredible. But you know, that's the, that's the beauty of building something and being able to kind of like pass the torch a little bit. Exactly. I mean, isn't that, I, I don't think, I don't think all of us want to do 10 to 12 photo shoots a month for the rest of our lives. I mean, maybe some of us do. I've, I did it for 10 years and started to get burned out mm-hmm. a little bit on it. And, um, you know, now I do a couple, a couple a month, but like you said, when you build your business to a certain level, you do have more options. Like I love teaching people how I got to where I'm at and how I do what I do and how to keep it efficient and simple and just to to make it work. And I know you love teaching that too. And and to have that option to be able to shoot sometimes and teach sometimes and have an associate, like it's incredible. It's fantastic. It really, it helps with that burnout so much because, mm-hmm. you know, you're doing a variety of things and, you know, you're sharing the work. There's so much work out there. And when you work really hard to build up your business and establish your reputation and, and build your client list out, there's always more than enough business to go around. So it's been really incredible, exactly like you said, to pass, pass the torch. Um, and I'm just daily, I'm so proud by the work that they're turning out. And I'm grateful for 
the opportunity that I have now to um, to kind of pivot and and focus at a more slow pace, intentional pace, and be able to really enjoy life uh, a lot more. Because as much as you love your work, we all love our work, of course, especially in this industry. We have the coolest job ever, mm-hmm. but it's so easy when you work for yourself to to burn yourself out, and oh, you're not you kidding. feel. Like you're potentially being ungrateful for, you know, you don't want to complain about having too much business. That seems ridiculous. We work so hard for this, right? (laughs) But, Mm -hmm. you know, it gets to a point where you just really have to make clear, intentional decisions about putting yourself and your health and your your family and your family's happiness first. And you can love your, your work as much as possible, but I mean, it's still possible for it to be toxic. So you really have to um, know yourself and honor yourself by setting some clear boundaries and making sure that you're, you know, hiring out and training well so that you can share that work and pass the torch. And then hopefully they'll pass the torch too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You bring up just such important points. And, and it's something I talk about all the time too, are those boundaries and just taking care of yourself. And for people out there who are listening, who are thinking like, oh, I'm still working on just getting, you know, a couple shoots a month or even one a month or whatever. I don't want you to think that, oh, like having too much work is just for those people or whatever. Like we started with nothing, <laughs> nothing. Yeah, of and course. Built our, you <laughs> of know, course we did, yeah. Anyone who is successful in this, in this business who has truly done it and who has had, you know, the clients coming in for many years and that sort of thing, we had to start somewhere. So if you're listening and you're thinking, oh, I really want to get to that point, if you continue to do the work, if you have a strong beautiful portfolio, if you're making connections and building relationships with your clients, if you're networking, if you're marketing, like if you know you have your pricing nailed down and you're pitching all of these things, I know it might sound overwhelming, but if you have that, it will come. It will. It's just a matter of doing it. So absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and it's—I mean—that's what so many people just can't believe is how fast it's possible to grow mm-hmm. your business to a point where you have so much you're swimming in it. Um, but it really—I mean—if you're serving your clients and you're taking good care of them, and and you're—it's going to happen. It's going to happen extremely um, easily because, as much as we want to believe that there's so much competition out there, there's just the, such an oversaturated market. The fact of the matter is there aren't a tremendous number, uh, percentage-wise, of creatives that are doing the work. Um, they are, you know, treating their treating their clients poorly, or they have kind of questionable business ethics, and they're not mm-hmm. going to be around for the long haul. So. Um, just keep your nose down to the grindstone and focus on on doing um, all of those acts of service for your clients and your business is going to build organically. But then remember that you you have to be the one that sets those boundaries because when those business or those opportunities come in for shoot after shoot after shoot, it gets really hard to say no. <laughs> it gets really mm-hmm. hard to say it no does. because you worked so hard for it. So I'm the poster child for burnout. So I could go Same. on <laughs> for months about that. <laughs> it's it's kind of a product of being a creative. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching some of your talk in Italy when when we were at the workshop at the Graffy Studio Castle with Sue. And gosh, just listening to your story and everything was so, uh, it's just, it really hit home. It's so relatable. Course, and yeah. 
you know, it just, it really puts things into perspective. So, in, and if you are someone listening who's like, okay, I'm kind of there. Like, I have too many shoots. I'm not outsourcing enough. I'm not saying no to c- certain work that I should be saying no to. You really have to take some time to evaluate this and to look at where you can be more efficient and where you can give things away and not try to do it all because I guarantee you it'll catch up to you. It caught up to Kara Marie. It caught up to me. It is something that you have got to pay attention to. I just cannot stress that enough. I know. I know. It's a really important topic. And, uh, you know, we focus a lot on building, building, building business, but we really need to pay attention (laughs) to Mm -hmm. what we're doing Mm -hmm. to ourselves and and remember that, you know, there has to be something left when, uh, when you're done with work. (laughs) There has to be, you can't, you can't pour from an empty cup and all of those other cliches that are so, so, so true. Uh Yeah. I just, I got into that grind of just like work, 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 work. And my house was the place that I came home to crash. It Mm -hmm. wasn't, I was coming home to enjoy. It wasn't that I was coming home to relax. It was, I was coming home to recover. Right. And yeah, so you'd never want to let yourself get to that point because once you get to that point, it's a really hard habit to break. It is. So it's all about just understanding what you need as a business person to keep your business running and have you making the amount of money that you need. Um, and maybe a little extra cushion is fun, right? Mm-hmm. But but there's so much more to life than endless amounts of money and having no energy or, you know. <laughs> yeah, of anything course. left in you to actually enjoy it. Yeah, you're not kidding. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, you know, before we move on, I just want to say one more thing about kind of associates because I know there are some people who yeah. who are ready. They're they're ready to pull the trigger. So, can you just give us a basic overview of how that works? Because obviously, you still need it to be somewhat profitable for you. It's in your name. It's you know your business that sort of thing. So, how do you make that? continue to be profitable for you, but make sure the people who are shooting for you and who are, you know, you said really taking on most of the work, how you make it beneficial for them as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the concept of associates, I don't think it, you have to be as far along as you think you do. Honestly, like you can start sharing that load the second that you are consistently booking things uh, to capacity for yourself. I mean, I'm, if it's six months and you're like, okay, I have been booked solid for six months and I'm at the point now where I'm scheduling people like eight months in advance, you can start exploring this option. And I think it's really important to just be really transparent with your audience about it and say, listen, like this is what it's like to shoot with me. This is my style. I train my associate and I only usually just one at a time um, under my Cara Marie Studios brand. And so I used my studio manager, Joe Lee, who had been working under me for three, three and a half years. She heard the way I was communicating with my clients. She was trained on my customer service. She saw exactly what I was doing with each person. She was like the perfect person to put in this position. She happened to be a film photographer, more of a hobbyist, but she was good and she had her own vision. And for me, my goal was not, and it's the same in education. My goal is never to train people to shoot just like me. I think that's doing everybody a disservice. Um, I wanted her to be able to kind of capitalize on it as her own style. Um, so I, we, 
are very transparent with our audience about that. Like, here is her portfolio. Here is what she offers. Here's how long she's been shooting. She's got her own set of strengths. She's got her own style. Um, here's my style. Here's my prices. You know, so I'm just very uh, transparent about the process and I promote her. So I think a lot of people with associate photographers are like, I don't know, they, they get a little uh, nervous about promoting whether, I don't know if it's like a, I built this, it's mine, <laughs> like kind of mm-hmm. a creed thing, um, because it can be a little hard to let go of that control. And I think it's really important to remember that if you're treating your people well, your whether this is your assistant, your retoucher, your makeup artist, your associate photographers, treat them so well. Treat them well, and then you're not going to have to retrain somebody in six months. Totally. Like you God, you so take care of them. I think about my favorite jobs in the past before I worked for myself, and they just took such good care of their employees. Well, some of them did, some of them did not. But the ones that did, you know, they, they, it's amazing what it does for the workplace, uh, camaraderie and, and everybody's health and happiness. And I never wanted to be an employer that, you know, my employees kind of like gossiped about behind their back or, or like rolled their eyes when they were talking. I wanted to have like a friend, but a mentor kind of relationship with them. And that's the way that it's always been. And if you have that mutual respect and if you're training them well and treating them well, then it just, it really does work out pretty effortlessly. And also, of course, allowing them to be their own creative and individual. So as long as you're educating your clients and their clients about what they're going to be getting and under-promising and over-delivering on that, it doesn't matter who you have shooting for you it's a recipe for success and it's really going to help you take the load off and it's going to allow you to pass the torch and give another creative, maybe with a little bit less experience than you, a, a leg to stand on. And that's, it's really rewarding. And exactly. uh, I'm just, exactly. I'm so proud. I'm so proud of uh, Jolie, especially. She has been absolutely crushing it and she is getting these huge brand campaigns now. And I can't, you know, I, I can, I guess, take credit for giving her a chance and giving her an opportunity. But I have given her the space and the coaching that she needs. But she has done this. She did the work and um, she's representing herself, my business as well, but she's representing herself so beautifully. And there's just, it's so important to be a good uh, leader and uh, somebody that can be there, you know, just exactly to mentor right. and guide them. And then it's just, it's going to help you, of course. Um, I, now me, when it comes to compensation, I'm far more generous uh, on their end than I am on my own, because I think that that um, it shows them that they're respected and I, I want to pay people what they deserve. Um, so I do um, very generously compensate uh, my associate photographer and my team because that long-term is going to work out better for me in the end. Even if like the individual transaction profit margin is lower for me, I'm going to be more profitable in the end because they are going to keep my business running for the long game and not the short game. Yep, that's exactly right. I had an associate for about two years in Seattle. Unfortunately, she left Seattle and then I just... I was just wasn't there anymore. I didn't want to take the time to train anyone else. But I'll never forget the first time... She, I was on vacation actually. I was in Mexico and I was pregnant with my second son. 
And I remember she called me and she's like, I just did the reveal. It was like the first or second one that she had done for me. And she sold the biggest package. And I'm like, wow, I'm in Mexico. I'm pregnant on the beach. I just made $1,000 and I really didn't yeah. do a whole <laughs> You know, I mean, obviously, I hate to say you didn't do a whole lot because we built up our business to have these referrals coming in, to be able to, you know, have give the clients to this person. Like we built the website and did the marketing and spent the time and all the things. So I hate to say like, oh, we didn't do anything. But that particular shoot, I didn't do a whole lot. You know, and it's like, Mm -hmm. all right, this was, that was great, you know, so. I mean, that's just like um, providing good customer service in your business, though. You're doing all the work on the back end. So Mm -hmm. you did all the work on the back end to properly train and to give her the tools that she needed. So um, you did the work. It just feels like you didn't because the work, the hard work is in the past. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. And and it's important to remember, too, just one more thing and then we'll move on. Um, When you do have an associate, to find someone who, yes, you'll need to train up front, but that doesn't take a lot of handholding. The last thing, and don't micro, you know, some of that you don't have to micromanage. Right. And if you are a micromanager, <laughs> this might be tricky for you because you might be spending even more time, uh, you know, managing this person than if you just did the shoots yourself. So it's, it's just making sure you find the right person and you have the right personality for letting things go and, and allowing kind of the, you know, the ship to, sale. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you the- know, I absolutely do. You're absolutely right. And I think I, I think one thing that's really important for anybody that's considering hiring uh, an associate or expanding their business in that way, consider taking some leadership courses or management courses, because a lot of it comes down to how well you manage people. And it can be really tricky for creative, like, and not to like blanket statement it, but creative brains are typically, we have a harder time with, you know, organizing tasks a lot of the times. And, you know, I'm a little bit of a squirrel brain. So sometimes it's difficult for me to, you know, you get in that situation where there's um, something presents itself and you're like, oh, I'll just do it myself. You know, I'll, I'll just do it myself. It'll be easy this way. And then before you know it, you're taking on all of these tests that you, you know, you're paying somebody else to do. That's the whole point of this. So I highly recommend, and if you know um, Simon Sinek, if you guys are readers, or even if you like to, anybody that's listening likes to listen to a lot of podcasts, which I assume that they do, um, Simon Sinek, S-I-N-E-K, he's a brilliant, brilliant author. And he has a book that I highly recommend for anyone that's looking to expand or anyone who manages people in general. So if you have a team, an assistant, a hair and makeup team, um, it's called Leaders Eat Last. And it's a fantastic book about running an organization in a way that is just uh, is going to really cultivate uh, that family type feeling in your studio and with all of the people that you work with. And that has really helped me to be able to be a better communicator, a better manager. Because a lot of it boils down to just communication and good communication skills. And if we've worked for ourselves in our studios with just us and our clients for 10 years, five years, 10 years, you know, we get into the habit of just relying exclusively on ourselves and not having to communicate a whole lot exactly what we need or do mm-hmm. proper training, et cetera. So uh, learning how to communicate properly is is extraordinarily important and it's a work in progress. So it's probably going to be a little bit rocky for the first few months of training and working with a new person. 
you guys are getting to know each other and how you work best with each other. But it's so important if you keep that communication open and you get really precise and ask for what you want and, and you're not beating around the bush or, you know, sugarcoating things, but you're being kind. It's just, it's, it's an art almost. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a relationship. I mean, I think it about really like, is. yeah, I try to be like this way with it my really husband. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Very cool. Well, okay. So obviously boudoir is, you know, it's your jam. It's something that you've done for so many years in, in such a classy, classic, beautiful way that I feel like almost focuses more on the feeling and the expression and just empowerment. Do you feel, did I get that right? Do you think? Yeah. Heck yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And you do such an amazing job at it. And I know you have, you have a course that had come out a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And then you also have a new course that came out. And and I, I don't want to just like, you know, have you regurgitate stuff that you teach in the course for, or whatever. But I I, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, just some of those, because you talk a lot about giving good customer service and, mm-hmm. you know, being able to bring all of these clients in. So I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about how you do all of this just in your business as well? That's one question. And the second, too, that I feel like I should ask, too, is how is the new course different from the first course? Sure, yeah. So, uh, I mean, service-wise, is <laughs> this is a topic that I wish all photographers would study before they open a business because it's going to save you so much heartache, <laughs> so mm-hmm. much heartache and so much work and, and correcting of problems uh, in the future. Because, you know, I didn't rely at all on advertising, not one penny spent on advertising or bridal expos or any of those things. Not to say that those things can't produce for you. They absolutely can. But I genuinely just didn't have to because- And that's pretty remarkable. I mean, I think it is. I really think it is, especially after coaching so many photographers over the years. Uh, when you invest all of that work on the back end into your customer service uh, systems and setting up your systems in your business, like your workflows and making sure that nothing is getting lost uh, between the cracks, your clients are always informed and educated. It doesn't matter if you're just starting out and you're a horrendous photographer like I was. I was horrendous, absolutely atrocious. But I was all <laughs> always very explicit with my clients. They knew exactly what they were going to get. And then I over-delivered on that and I gave them my best service and they were my biggest cheerleaders for my business. And that was what grew my business. It wasn't my photography prowess. Although, thank goodness, that got better over the years. It really is an often overlooked topic when people are, you know, looking to advance their craft or, or grow their business. It's, but it should be the first place that you start. And in the first course that I released a couple of years ago, that was um, the um, the boudoir series and the portrait masters. That was the fundamentals. So I cover, uh, I run the gamut of all of the topics. I talk about, you know, posing basics and lighting and um, some of the business basis, basics and customer service and how to sell boudoir. And then into the second course, which, you know, we, we went back and forth on what a good idea. I, I, we listened to all the feedback and I was trying to listen to what customers were wanting more of. And 
everyone always would email me and say, I just want to come and watch you shoot. I just want to be a fly on the wall. So while in the original course, I think that was a perfect uh, launching course. It was a perfect fundamentals course because I taught all of these lessons and these topics, but there wasn't a whole lot of like live shooting that, you know, I was teaching on, this is what you do for this. This is what Mm -hmm. you do for that to give you the fundamentals and the basics that start to build that foundation in boudoir. So you get a good handle on it. You understand the uh, importance of professionalism and, you know, some of the legalities and things like that. So it's absolutely crucial to have all of that fundamental information first. And then in the second course, we did it like a shoot along and it was so much fun. And I was able to, because like I said before, Nikki, I just, I never wanted to be an educator so that I could teach people to be just like me. You know, I wanted to teach people how to fish and not give them the fish, if that uh, makes sense. hundred percent, yes. Yeah, yes, and yes, I yes. just, I didn't want to see a bunch of like Cara Marie clones um, because, you know, I'm not that great. <laughs> I, I just wanted to see people, you know, fly and take it and make it their own. And I, most importantly, wanted to demonstrate the vast array of possibilities with the boudoir niche. It does not have to look like just one thing. And I think a lot of people, because it is one of the newer kind of genres of photography to become uh, popular, I think people have a very streamlined idea in their head of what it has to look like. And I really wanted to demonstrate in this class that there are so many different ways that you can shoot the style of photography and you can make it completely your own. So in this class, I do 12 different styled photo shoots really only two of them are like I consider to be my own styles. Um, because again, I didn't want it to be like, oh, okay, like this is what it should look like. Try to shoot mm-hmm. like this. I wanted to demonstrate, okay, you can do it with a white shirt. You can do it in the sheets. You can do a lingerie styled shoot. You could do implied nudes. You could do men's boudoir. There's all different ways to do this. You can shoot boudoir outside if you wanted to. I wanted to help people kind of redefine what they viewed boudoir photography as. And for me, it's just intimate styled portraiture that is, you know, for a client or a person to do for themselves. And if they choose to give that to somebody else, cool, that's great. If they choose to put it on a billboard or print it and put it on the wall, awesome. But most importantly, it's just intimate portraiture to do for yourself. And that can be done in any number of styles. So for all 12 styles that I show in this class, then you can further customize it by completely changing the lighting to suit your style or your Mm -hmm. post-processing or um, the wardrobe and the styling. There's infinite possibilities here. And that's really what I wanted to demonstrate. So we take people through 12 different photo shoots in all different styles. And you're just there with me as I shoot and I direct and I give you tips and tricks and I troubleshoot because not, it wasn't all perfect. It never is in any photo shoot situation. It was fun. It was like fly on the wall. So all those people that are emailing me, like, I just want to come and watch you shoot. Right. This is the perfect <laughs> right. way to do that. <laughs> perfect. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Now, For all of those shoots, obviously you said they're styled differently, they look differently, but what are like the main threads of of must-do type things in your shoots, regardless if they look different? Like what are the commonalities that you're like, I always do A, B, and C to make it a good shoot so that you're connecting with your client, making them feel comfortable, like all those good things? 
Yeah, number one, I always get a really, really clear understanding of what their expectations are. That is like the staple of Mm -hmm. a a successful shoot. You know, if you're photographing models for a portfolio, you can be a little bit more selfish here. But it is really important to understand that not everybody views sexy the same way. And we would be doing our clients a disservice if we assume that every single client that walks into our studio or whose house we walk into to do one of these photo shoots, it all wants to wear, you know, a head to toe full lingerie set with heels. That's not everybody. You know, everybody has a different idea of what makes them feel sexy and feel empowered and strong and confident. So you have to get on the same page with their client. You have to actually listen to what they want. Absolutely. And then, you know, for me, me personally, it's it's skin. I like to show skin, even though, you know, some clients, their idea of sexy is like a, a you know, a full suit, like a three-piece suit. Awesome. How can I show some shoulder there? <laughs> so that's me. But if a client, let's say, you know, a client's like, I want to do a boudoir styled shoot, but I'm really incredibly modest. I would never, like, I never show skin. Um, so then how do you make that boudoir? Well, maybe we add some more sensual facial expression or, you know, the touching of the, the body so they can run their hands like up and down their arms or like massage their jaw or the back of their neck. You can be really sensual and create sensuality with different styles of lighting or different body language. So um, there's ways to make that your own. And then also making sure that you're giving your clients the opportunity towards the end of the shoot to perhaps, you know, give some um, suggestions for anything that maybe you guys haven't done yet that they might want to try. So I really make this a collaboration. It's so important to the success of the shoot. And if you're doing a good job educating your clients along the way, they're going to already know the types of things that you do and absolutely do not do. So there shouldn't be any awkward conversations <laughs> during the photo shoot of like, well, I'd like to do this. And you're like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> because that absolutely happens if you're not um, communicating or educating along the way. You know, I've had people come in with like weapons and things. I'm like, no, no you're weapons like, mm, in my that's studio. Not yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> as soon as you have a situation like that that presents itself, you know, oh, I need more education about this in my my client communications. So you you go in and you make those updates so it doesn't happen again. <laughs> but yeah, it's um every um boudoir shoot for me, it's it's about establishing that connection, listening to the client, and you know rocking out the lighting and having a good time. Just have fun with it. It's so much fun. And the more fun that your client is having and the more fun that you're having, the better the shots are going to be. We all know this by now, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Very cool. Okay. So what, I mean, as far as, let's talk a little bit about styling. Like as far as, I know you said, you know, it within the, the course, there's so many different styles and that sort of thing. Okay. Obviously first up, finding out what the client wants. But mm-hmm. do you help guide them? Because I feel like sometimes people are like, of I don't course, know, whatever yeah. you want me to do. What do you think I should do? And it's, <laughs> you know, like, how do you know, kind of that navigate that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So there are, you know, there's a quintessential boudoir kinds of things that you can keep on hand in your studio or you can recommend that your clients get. Uh, and we touch on those in the class, like, you know, the classic white shirt or even just, you know, sheets. You can point them in the direction of lingerie. But I like to have, I have a very detailed, detailed prep guide. It's a boudoir prep guide. Um, It's actually, there's one in the Portrait Master store, a template, and it gives, 
explicit directions on wardrobe, do's and don'ts. And this is different for every photographer. You know, some photographers based on their post-processing are going to say like, please no like bright colors or please no tiny patterns. Um, So it allows you the opportunity building this prep guide for your clients. It allows you to communicate to them exactly how you work, what's going to show up best on camera and guide them towards maybe wardrobe pieces that they already have in their closet so they don't have to go shopping. You know, all of my clients used to stress out so much about like what to go and buy. And I would think like, oh my goodness, well, if they think that they have to go and do something special for this, then I'm not communicating my own personal philosophies on this style of photography very well. I need to be communicating because my my whole message is, you know, you're, you're cool the way you are. You, know, you don't have to go out and, and spend, you know, $1,000 on some crazy lingerie that you would never in a million Absolutely. years wear. Uh-huh. Go dig into your closet, find your favorite T-shirt. And we're going to rock it or go find like, you know, the people that were doing it for um, a gift. You know, you can go and find your partner's favorite shirt or um, you can make anything boudoir-y like jeans. I can do it. Absolutely. Suit, bell gown. Got it. (laughs) Easy peasy. So I, I like to coach my clients in that prep guide on like, you know, digging through what they already have, bringing in some of their favorite pieces. And I promise you that I'm going to find a way to make it um, have the boudoir feel for the style that you're going for. And that's something I really love is, is you know, what to wear and all these things. And I'm not photogenic. And those are all pain points for our clients. And I, and I love that you can do that. You can kind of you know, before they even get to that part, you can give that sort of spiel to to tell people like this isn't about the lingerie. This is about you. This is about what you're comfortable in. And you can do anything with whatever you bring. You know, you will make it exactly. work. It's, it's on your shoulders. Exactly it's your right. job. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. And we even, I mean, we demonstrated that at um, TPM this year on stage. Um, I, I previewed yes. essentially one of the segments, the contemporary boudoir portrait segment in the class in which we take a black sundress. And this was actually, I mean, I had to really roll with the punches here when we were filming the series. First of all, we were filming in Italy, which is, it sounds so glamorous, right? But the, you don't think about, you know, I'm used to productions in the United States and you don't think about all of the different obstacles that you're going to come up with shooting in Italy. I mean, we were shooting during like a high tourist and holiday season. It was really difficult to get a crew. We were shooting in the middle of like another another COVID um, spike. Um, so we had people kind of dropping out left and right oh, at the last I second. And I, yes, it was, it was actually kind of a nightmare, <laughs> the production, until we started rolling and then it was great. And then as soon as we stopped, something else happened, right? So we're filming in my loft, which is an amazing industrial warehouse. Fantastic. But, you know, there's no air conditioning. And it was a record, like like a 20-year record-setting heat wave. And <sighs> we're just dripping in sweat. Just absolutely. It was miserable. And I lost a model at the very, very last second. And I was like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? And I pulled my makeup artist. And I was like, hey, any chance? <laughs> I know you came in to do makeup, but is there any chance at all you would want to be filmed with me photographing you? And she's like, um, and she was kind of terrified. And I was like, 
she was wearing a black sundress and I was like, I, I can work with this. Like you can keep this on, like we'll work with this. And she was like, I mean, really? Like I don't have to get in laundry. And I was like, no, <laughs> like we can make this boudoir. And it ended up being the perfect like troubleshooting kind of situation. And I'm like, yeah, this, this is applicable to, you know, there's people that maybe clients come in and they forget their wardrobe or for all the portrait photographers out there who are just introducing boudoir into their, their repertoire, like, you have a client that's like, ooh, I might be interested in booking a boudoir shoot. I'm a little intimidated by it. And they have their personal branding session. You're like, well, why don't we just try a few quick shots at the end of your session? You can keep on whatever you're wearing. And they're like, you know, it it makes it so much more approachable for them. So I took the black sundress and I made a boudoir. And then I did the same thing on stage at the Portrait Masters. And it, I mean, it it just really goes to show you change the lighting, you set the tone with the body language and and the mood that you're setting on, on your set and you can make anything boudoir. So that was a really fun, it was like, well, it wasn't fun at first, but... <laughs> but it turned out to be really great um, troubleshooting along the way. That was kind of what was cool about this course was like, we all have all of these problems come up on a regular basis in business. So I didn't want to hide those problems. I wanted totally. to, to show how I would roll with the punches. And that's exactly what we did. Oh, I love that. There's something so great about seeing someone work and not the most ideal situations because then you can see how they troubleshoot through it and how they work and how they, you know, keep going or just find a way, find a way. Exactly. It's it's amazing. Yes. It's amazing. I assure you there was, there was troubleshooting to be done on each and every single one of those segments. (laughs) There was always something coming up. So uh, we really um, pulled through and made it awesome. I mean, I was, I was really impressed with what we came up with over those four or five days of shooting and to pull out 12 segments. We could have continued to go, um, I think, for another few days because there's so many styles to explore, maybe for another class. Yeah. <laughs> Part three. It's funny. That's a, yeah, my outdoor and on-location class is so similar where we did 10 different shoes. I think it ended up being 12 different looks. Which is this so thing. good, by the way. Congratulations. Oh, what a great class. But yeah, same thing. It's like we dealt with, oh my gosh, so many weather issues and location mm-hmm. issues and everything. And there is just so much value. You know, people have said it about your course, about my course, seeing people go through all of this because this is real life. Like if you want to be a boudoir photographer, you need to go through, you're okay, not you need to, you're going to face going some of these to, issues. Yeah. I just had someone post in my Facebook group not even two days ago, it might have even been yesterday, saying, well, my client left her three outfits at home. And I'm thinking, yep. how do <laughs> clients leave their clothes at home? And all sure the enough, time. you just said, that yeah. happens all the so time. <laughs> she, you know, she posted some photos about how she made it work with this one outfit. And then she had a black shirt that she let client wear and how she mm-hmm. gave them lots of different looks doing that, you know. These things are going to happen. If you, especially if you shoot outside, you're going to deal with weather. You're going to deal with people in your shot. You're going to deal with like bad lighting that you're going to have to work through it all. And, and when you see someone else troubleshoot that, it's just, it's awesome. You just learn so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's so, I mean, how unrelatable is it to like see a perfectly, like a perfect production? Like I mean, curated, I always, anytime like, I was, yes, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, give me some problems. Give totally. me some drama. This is too easy for you. You know, you've got 76 people on set to help you make everything perfect. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, it was absolutely perfect. A model and who knows what they're doing. And honestly, yeah. exactly. And I, and that was very, um, 
I only used two models in this entire, in the 12 um, segment class. I wanted very, in fact, I ended up having to use one additional model because we lost one of, um, I was going for, okay, I want no professional models. I want mm-hmm. everybody to just be a, like a regular client that's not familiar with the camera. And then we did end up having to use a couple of professional models just because we ended up losing people and it was a matter of booking crisis. But I was very excited with them. Like, I want you to let me direct you. Like, you, I don't want you to do like supermodel posing. I want you to so act great. like you don't know what you're doing at all. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's really incredible to well, be able to troubleshoot and, and work through all of those problems um, live on camera. Yeah. Your teaching style, though, is so great, too. And you're fucking funny. Like, that ah. I love, too, <laughs> is like... You know, you, you should tell my kids that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really do love your teaching style. I've, I've, you know, I've seen you, you work quite a bit and I just, I really love it. It's, it's really, really amazing. And yeah. So. I think you have to be, I mean, I, and I, that's one thing, you know, I've been shooting for um, about 16 years, but also remember that um, I was doing like 10 shoots a week uh, for such a long time that I packed in essentially a lifetime worth of experience in a short period of time. And as with anything else, photography related or not, like if you can't explain it, like you were explaining it to a child, then you don't know it well enough, you know? And I find my teaching style to be approachable for that reason. I just, because I don't, I mean, I was never professionally trained, you know, I was before, um, all of Sue's amazing videos came out. And by the time all of this amazing education started coming out online, I was already like all the way in to my work um, and didn't have time to, to you know, watch a 30-minute video and let that carry me uh, to the next level. So we're so lucky. Photographers now are so lucky to have this wealth of knowledge at their disposal to allow them to kind of catapult themselves to these levels that they would otherwise have to spend, you know, 15 years doing 10 shoots a week in order to be that good. So it's, it's been incredible to see um, photographers now and how fast they're progressing and how good they are. Like, oh my gosh, especially this, this group, like they've been taught so, so well, and they have so many incredible videos and teaching tools at their disposal. I'm just, I'm a little jealous. (laughs) I didn't have it when I started, but incredible. Yeah. It's so awesome. Well, I'm very excited for you. I mean, here you are in this, you know, living in this gorgeous loft in Italy with your family, (laughs) you know, a little shoot some great education and associate like it's it's pretty cool it's you know you've you're you're doing yeah some I've, great I've, things. I've constructed it from very mm-hmm. specifically and strategically um mm-hmm. over years of you know it's not without a lot of like heartache and and blood sweat and tears but that's what's so important about you know doing the work to to grow yourself ethically and just to be able to get to the point where you can call all of the shots. Like we are the masters of our own destiny. You know, that is another cliche that I'll spit out at you, but it's just so true uh, to be able to construct your own dream life. And I have done that and I have the best of all the worlds. So now I can dedicate, you know, when I'm home with my family, which is a lot more now, I can dedicate so much more of my attention. I can actually be present. And when I am at work, because I'm not doing it 
95 hours a week, I am able to dedicate 100% of my attention to that. And um, when I'm teaching, it's been teaching especially has been so much fun the last two years um, because I can really like I'm laser focused. and I'm not so burnt out from all of my shoots that I can't really, you know, concentrate. Um, it's just been it's been great. Um, it's a really cool chapter and uh, I'm happy to be here. I'm very grateful. Awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you for sharing all of this. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. It was fantastic as always. Yeah. Where can people find you online? You know, obviously if they're looking for you in general and then also the course. So courses, um, I should say. Yeah. (laughs) So the Portrait Masters store has all of my stuff, all of my courses. I've got my, um, the original boudoir series, which is all the fundamentals. And then I have Boundless Boudoir, which is the new course that came out. And there are some supplemental things in there too, like my posing cards, which are awesome. Like those are really cool digital posing cards to help people um, with poses. Everyone gets so caught up in posing for boudoir. So these cards give you a visual of the poses. And then on the back, it actually tells you how to verbally get your clients into those poses. So that is absolutely awesome. And then my website is caramariestudios.com. And that will give you access to uh, workshops. I mean, I teach workshops here in Italy, which is really cool. Um, I usually do two work, two day workshops, and I think the March one just sold out. But there are still a few seats for the May class. So um, I teach confidence and shooting confidently. And another really important message for photographers to build their own inner confidence so that, that they can pass that on to their clients. So that's what the May workshop is about. And then of course I'm on Instagram. That's my pretty much my only used social media platform. I'm at Kara Marie Studios on Instagram. Awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you again. And I also, like I said before, I want to encourage people to listen to your first episode as well to hear your whole story and just how you, you know, built from the ground up and um, more tips on boudoir and pricing and all that good stuff. So very cool. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nikki. It's been great. Always is. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully we'll see each other soon. I don't know when, but I'm sure <laughs> hopefully at some we point. will. <laughs> and then we'll forget when we saw each other last. I know. It all blurs, but it's okay. It's a good life. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, you take care. We will chat soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-day startup challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com. It's time for me to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Fujifilm North America. If you haven't experienced portraits and wedding scenes created on the large format GFX system digital camera sensor, you are missing out. 
Along with up to 102 megapixel resolution, you'll find rich colors and gorgeous in-camera looks. There's also AI-driven subject detection and eight frames per second bursts inside the compact GFX100 digital camera. Hit the link in this episode's description to view the products. It's time to dream big in your creative process.